Oh yeah, there's a nice one. Oh, good. It's long. Okay, well, we have until 7.10, and then I gotta go. What time is it now? 5.58. Oh, perfect. Oh, it should be perfect timing. Oh. Okay. Alright. Morning. Are we actually recording? Yes, we are actually recording. And you can hear me too? Yeah, you can hear cool. us both. Good, good. Good morning. <sighs> good morning from another morning recording. Exactly. Morning recordings. <laughs> This might be the way to do it, actually. I don't know. I don't know. You're already up. Like, on a Monday, this might be the way to do it for, like, Monday. Like, just, like, we bang out the movie on, like, a Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And if we can't get to the recording after that on Sunday, we maybe do Monday. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. How was your weekend? Um, amazing. Yeah? We, um, we went and saw the Men Singers. More on that later. And then we went to Scott Snowden in Sacramento for two days. We made it home on time. But we made it home, and we're both barely alive. Yes, very so, true. So, <laughs> how was no. your weekend, my love? Loud. It was loud. <laughs> no. And actually, I, it's funny, I was listening to uh, the While We're Young episode yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was, um, we were talking about the Menzingers, and I was like, oh, it's going to be so loud. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was, actually. It's actually yeah. quite listenable music. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I don't care for their hip t-shirts or their uh, lackadaisical attitudes, but... Oh, jeez. Other love than them. that. They're good. Oh, but, I mean... And we also went to an old movie theater. That was cool. For you. Yeah. We were snowed in, and we said, what the fuck not? We got nothing Let's... else to do. Yeah, you saw, going back to again last week, another Bombach movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. God, that trip was fun. Yeah. yeah. Not stoked to be home, but it is oh, what it is. It is what it is. We gotta work. Yeah. But, anyways. I mean, it's not like we can fake someone's death to get $100,000. Wouldn't that be cut bank? That's not a... I'm trying to make it a phrase. It's not, not a phrase. It's not a phrase, first of all. It doesn't even make sense. Wouldn't that be cut bang? It sounds cool if you didn't know it was a movie. Like, oh, yes. wouldn't that be cut bang? It actually does sound like yeah, old 1920s ja- yeah. or ja- like like slang. Ah, that'd be real cut bang of you, damn. Yeah, yeah. see? You, we, could, we could bring it back like fetch. <laughs> That's so fetch. Fetch was never a thing. <laughs> Stop trying to make it a thing. everybody to B&B Presents A24-7, a podcast where two people who live together and love each other work their way through the A24 movie collection, one movie at a time in chronological order. I'm of course one of your hosts, Ben, and joining me as always... Brianna. How are you, my love? Tired. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You didn't want to do a Montana accent? I, I don't really know how to do a Montana accent. It's like a mix a mo- of like... Wisconsin and it's like a Midwest. West Coast. I think it's a Midwest accent, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah. You've been to Montana. I have. I, yeah. I've been to Missoula. Yeah. Yeah. What's Missoula like? Um, trendy, hipstery, yeah. expensive yeah, for fair. Montana, which like blows my mind. It's as expensive as it is because there's really nothing to fucking do there. I mean, the nature is amazing. There is a lot of nature there, but. 
It's pretty though. Like I would go back to Missoula just to like see Missoula and hmm. like walk around and go to the lakes and stuff. But interesting. But I would never live there. Well, there you go. No. Mm-hmm. Um. No A twenty four news this week. There's not really nothing really happened in the world. So Chet's off on assignment. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. But next week he should be here with some box office stuff nice. on a couple of things coming out. Not that it'll matter. There's only going to be one movie at number one next weekend. Oh, yeah. Which one? Blue Cat movie. Blue Cat. Yes. <laughs> Avatar yes. 2! A movie that my father, after 13 years of it being out and being the world's largest movie of all time, finally sat down and watched last week. Oh, my week, God. Which is so very funny to me. I just can't see your dad watching that either. That's He's hilarious. excited to go to the sequel. I know. I'm so like, funny. y'all are aware it's like three hours, right? Yeah. Because that's how long we're going to be sitting there. All right. Well, we should get on to the main attraction. And the movie we're going to talk about tonight, since we're going to move on to the main event, mm-hmm. is the 2014 movie. And is what I can only describe as when I watched it a Coen Brothers esque movie about a small town. Well, it says produced by Dan Cohen. Different Cohen. Oh, I was like, oh, is that one How's of it them? spelled? D A N C O H E N. Yeah, the Cohens spell it C O E N. Oh, damn. I was like, oh, weird. Weird, though. Even <laughs> yes. more weird. And is a movie that, as we just said, is very Coen Brothers esque. Very. And mm-hmm. also doesn't help that fact by the fact that it has three leading men from different Coen Brother movies. Feels very when we say Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. Fargo. Yeah, Fargo. There's there's a bunch of elements in it that we'll get to, but the movie revolves around a young man whose life unravels after witnessing a murder he filmed in a rural small town of Cutbank, Montana. And with 3,000 people in Cutbank, you better believe everybody knows the story of the mailman who was shot down. This is, of course, the movie starring Michael Stuhlberg, Bruce Dern, John Malkovich, Liam Hemsworth, Teresa Palmer, Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> Oliver Platt. It is, of course, from Matt Shackman and writer Robert Patino. Cut bank. Come on, give it another go. Video's on. I'm not ready, Dwayne. I need a rehearsal. There's no time for rehearsal. Sun's falling. I feel stupid, Dwayne. You look like a starlet. Really? Yeah. It's like Natalie Wood. Think on it like it's just me and you practicing in your room, okay? I'll video the rehearsal. Okay. Hi, welcome to Cutbank, Montana, where the Rockies meet the plains. My name's Cassandra Steely, and I'd like to show you my town full of cheer and want of kindness. Here, we're surrounded by miles and miles of wheat and canola fields and soaring mountains. There's a Blackfoot Indian reservation close by that gives us rich cultural diversity. Cupping's a treasure in the bygone time. <gasps> Dwayne! Stay down. First time you saw this? Yes. Yeah, mm. you do. Well, there's something rotten in the town of Cutbank, and old Sheriff Vogel's gonna get to get down to the bottom of it. <laughs> this movie. Uh, yeah, we watched this last night, and I remember starting off with this. Mo- I, I'll say this: I started, off, I ended more positively with this movie yeah. than I started because when I first started, I was like, I don't know if I'm into this whole idea. But once you once you get into like the whole second kind of part of it, I mean, it was good, and then it got better for sure. I agree. 
I think Derby was a big bit part of making it better, though. He's he's something. So it's it's, it's weird how much like that movie starts off being about like one set of characters, and then it moves into like a whole different. Like... Yeah, like it is almost like he like he tra- he's <clears throat> like he's so two movies together. Yeah, but did you know that field they were standing in is called Rape Seed? field because that's the name of the plant is called rapeseed i did not know that i didn't either told just well that. Isn't that interesting before you get into all the fields and all the places <laughs> they've been we of course have to talk about the who and the what and the why but before we get to the why we talk about the who and the what and that is a section that has been distilled down into aka brianna hickey is going to read us the wiki and we're going to go through the discussion of the movie so why don't you take us through it sorry if my voice goes out (laughs) so as a reclusive taxidermist derby milton looks out a window at his mailbox local mail carrier george witz gathers up items for his route including a decorative lunchbox addressed to milton meanwhile in a rapeseed field Dwayne mclaren and his girlfriend Cassandra Steely film a promotional spot for the town of Cutbank, Montana, in preparation for Cassandra's upcoming performance in a local beauty pageant. As Dwayne films Cassandra, Georgie's mail truck comes into view. Georgie exits the truck and is approached by a large man who shoots him. Dwayne and Cassandra hide while he films the attack. The man fires a second shot into Georgie, picks up his body, and loads him into the mail truck. Well, let's start with the house where this person's waiting for a package. Michael Stuhlberg, who is Derby, who is Derby Milton, who will come into the story much more prominently later. But that package he's waiting for is incredibly important for some reason, and it's he's he's quite obsessed with it. Yeah. But Michael Stuhlberg is an amazing character actor, who I kind of wish was in more, but also like when he is, it's more special that he shows up. Yeah, he's it, funny. Or good, too. He's not even funny. He's he's, he's incredible at being intense, too. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. And then you have um, Dwayne. Well, before him, we have the mailman. I'd say he's. I'd say he's almost maybe the most important character. Yes, which is just which is just old ass Bruce Dern, (laughs) just being old and crotchety, like he should be in every movie until he dies. Your local pervy mailman who's in a small town and has nothing better to do except look at high school girls, which is disgusting, and drop off the mail. That's all he has. That's his, that's well, all you, he has. You thought the movie was going to be, we thought he got shot. Because I walked out of the room at that point For to grab pervy. something. Yeah, and like you were like when he gets shot, I'm like, oh, I wonder what he did. And you're like, well, he's perving on high school. Because well, they made like a big show of that scene, like to show. I think it was to show what a bad person. Yeah, like he's not a good person. Yeah, I like, think that's more to show his moral corruption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, then you have Dwayne and Cassandra. Who and are Dwayne is played by Liam Hemsworth, and Cassandra is played by Teresa Palmer. Both great actors and actresses. You know, I have never been all that into Liam Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. But this is my favorite Liam Hemsworth performance. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I, I think this actually just relied on him to do more than just be like... Just look pretty? Yeah. I mean, he's a very symmetrically good-looking human yeah. being, and you're just like, nobody's ever asked you more than that, have they? <laughs> like, at least with your brother, like, they've he been make, like... They make him act, yeah. Yeah, like, they're like, no, do the Thor thing. Do the hammer thingy. Yeah. <laughs> That's not fair. He's really good in things like Bad Times at the El Royale. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he's actor. yeah, he's actually better. But no, this is Liam Hemsworth's like movie, first movie where I'm like, oh, you actually can act. This is cool. Good for he's you. He's good in those like 
notebook type movies because they make him be like the pretty boy who falls in love again though i just i don't think that's asking a lot of him okay yeah okay but yeah they witness this murder and the guy who shoots him is just this fuck off big native american who's played by david burke who plays match tensuka i think yeah who is just like a six foot four native american and he carries his ass off and who doesn't talk no, well, he's mute. He's mute, yeah. And they he carries him off, they hide in the field, and they witness it. Yeah. And they run immediately to the sheriff, which I imagine is next. Yeah, so Dwayne and Cassandra report what happened to her father, Stan, who is played by... Billy Bob Thornton. In a, in a movie where you're just like, oh, I didn't realize Billy Bob... It's weird. Despite him not being canceled, Billy Bob Thornton isn't in anything anymore. No. Maybe he's made his money and he just doesn't want to work anymore. He doesn't care, but... And then Sheriff Vogel, who is played by... John Malkovich. Which has got to be the least John Malkovich performance I've ever seen. It is like a really crazy... like they crazy told him to tone it the fuck down. I wouldn't even say tone it down. They like... They almost asked him to play the opposite of every other mm-hmm. Malkovich character, which it's like, even the most yeah, good not good, but like even the most noble Malkovich character yeah. still has an air of like arrogance and cockiness and and just overall kind of like untrustworthiness. Yeah, in, yeah, in general. and in this you're almost like he's a good guy, little local he's, sheriff, he's, yeah. like he's just it's just. Biden is time. <laughs> well, he like he even he even says it. Like I mean, like he throws up when yeah. he see, when he sees a body because this murder that of of the mailman is the first murder ever in Cut Bank. In yeah. Cut Bank, and he's just like Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like how do I deal with this? So he arrives and views the tape, which presents him with Cut Bank's first murder case. The next day, Dwayne leaves a copy of the video at the local post office, where the postmaster has filled out an application for Dwayne to receive the six figure reward off. For providing evidence of violence against postal workers, U.S. Postal Inspector Joe Barrett, of who's played by Oliver Platt, so funny. Oliver Platt is a person who these are the roles he's meant to do, which is show up, play a guy who's like kind of yeah. out there and may have an air of scumbagness. And also, like, just talk incredibly fast oh, at yeah. you. Yeah, 100%. Um, he uh, arrives in Cutbank to inspect the body and confirm the reward for Dwayne. Georgie's murderer destroys the mail truck and puts the undelivered mail in a storage container, including the parcel for Milton. At a trailer in a junkyard where Georgie is hiding, he pays the man who is a mute Native American named Match. And this is where you find out that the shooting did not actually take yeah, place. You find it out did. It was fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Match and Georgie are in on this little plot for some reason. You're still not 100% yeah, sure why. Yeah, that's why you know it's just them right now, but you find out more later. So Milton inquires at the post office about his parcel. When he's informed about Georgie's murder, he visits the scene of the crime and notes the large boot print left at the scene. He visits a local shoe store, identifies Match as the source of the print. Milton drives to Match's home to ask him for his mail. Match refuses to answer. <laughs> they fight and Milton kills Match. This is This is a very like where it takes a turn in my well, opinion. This is where it becomes a Coen Brothers uh, movie. So you've got this guy, Derby Milton, who is basically the local like recluse. 
recluse and like some would say weirdo because like when you're yeah. in a, when you're in a town of like three thousand people, you, if you don't talk everyone. to everyone else, you're kind of considered probably the weirdo of the town. Yeah, and everybody says like he comes into the post office and they're like, "Aren't you that Derby Millen guy?" That's the theme of from every, here on out is every, every si- single yeah. person is like. I thought you were dead, or I thought you left town, or, like, no, everybody is, like, questioning him all the time. Well, and this is, like, this is the first of, like, multiple yeah. jokes where it's, like, people ask him, aren't you Derby Milton? <laughs> Even Match, the mute Native American, wrote on his wrote little on notebook his thing, and says, said, aren't, aren't you that Derby Milton yeah, guy? Der- yeah, aren't you that Derby Milton guy? Which he then, before he died... <laughs> Yeah. The reason they get into a fight is Match refuses to answer, but what he writes on his fucking notepad is "fuck you, cabin boy." Exactly. <laughs> so we don't really, and the other thing is too, it's it's also like the Coen Brothers. We don't really know a lot about why Derby Milton yeah. is this recluse. You just kind of hear like almost whisper and like mm-hmm. stuff about that. But the other reason it becomes a Coen Brother movie is there's usually a plot in a Coen Brother movie. Where there's, like, multiple people who are aware of a thing. Yeah. And it slowly starts to kind of pick each of them off. Whether it be, like, completely by killing them or, like, they get in trouble with something. If they hadn't done the killing on this day. Mm -hmm. If him and Match, if Georgie and Match had just waited and that package had got delivered, everything probably goes fine. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Derby. And Georgie... Well, but we'll Derby, they did not deliver his package in. Let's be honest, not unlike a character who's also named Milton from the movie Office Space, he's going to burn down the building if they don't give him his red stapler, 100%. aka aka his little his little floral lunchbox. They did very much base it on him too, with the big glasses. It's really and weird that they're both named Milton, and I was like, I was like, is that a? Thing? I thought of that like, too. I yeah. was like, that's weird, but um, I, I don't it's know. a wild performance is, from Stuhlberg. It's very interesting. Dwayne visits Georgie at the trailer. Dwayne yes. explains that Georgie needs to provide no evidence of his presence here. It becomes clear that Dwayne and Georgie have staged Georgie's murder and plan to divide the reward money. Stan discovers Georgie hiding underneath the trailer. Georgie attacks Stan with bullet, Stan with bullet cutters, hides his body in the back of the van on the lot. So we should rewind, though, because that jumped ahead really Well, they, far. they covered a lot in a small yeah. amount there. I was like, they jumped ahead. But, um, yeah, so you find out Dwayne's in on it. Well, Dwayne planned it. Yeah, it's his plan. It's, I mean, and it sucks, too, because, like, unlike... Georgie, who it seems like, let's just assume that the 5000 that they gave Match mm-hmm. was his side of it. If they're going to split it 50-50, it's 100 grand. Oh, yeah. It's, it's mm-hmm. 50 grand each. It sounds like that's the plan. It's enough money, because like, Dwayne wants to get out he of Cut Bank. He wants to leave Cut Bank. He's, yeah. And he wants to go to California, and he wants to open an auto shop. It's not and... even like a really bad no, thing he wants to do. No, he's just trying to get to out do. of town. Yeah, and he wants to take his girl with him, who's yeah. the daughter of... What I would assume is like local the, auto shop because that's where he yeah, works. but it seems like the biggest thing in town in yeah. some ways is Billy Bob Thornton's yeah. character's mm-hmm. like auto shop. They stage the murder, so he tells him he needs no evidence of his presence here because Georgie's a, an alcoholic who's just getting wasted in this tiny little trailer that actually is Stan that Stan's trying to sell. So Stan shows up, Billy Bob Thornton's character, and it fires Dwayne. Remember, yeah. he gets pissed because he's like, you make me look like an idiot. Like, he doesn't fire him. He That's not when he fires him. He fires him at the end, remember? No, he fired him. He fired him. He said, get out. He said, I know what you're up to. Blah, blah, blah. Don't I, come back. No, because he tells him about the firing at the end. I know, but I think he fired him again. No, well, Okay, you know what I think we can say? 
because he is the boss's daughter's boyfriend, Maybe he's just I think he's always constantly being That's fired fair. by him. He's That's like, oh, fair. oh <laughs> yeah. you're fired. And then, like, at Sunday dinner, he's like, you, so you, you're better you, going to be there tomorrow, yeah, you, right? You can have your job back. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, where it's just like, but about Thornton, who just, uh, my favorite line of the movie from him is he goes, and he goes, I understand, Mr. Steele. And he goes, call me sir. Yeah. And like, and you're, just, you're just like, what a dick. Yeah, big Stan Steely. Yeah. It is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he tells Georgie, like, you can't be caught. Like, Yeah, and then he gets caught because he is wheezing under, because he left his inhaler up in the grabbed trailer. It. it was not that it far away. It was not that far away. And he hides under it, and then he goes out there, and they get in a tussle, and he fucking murders him. Hits him but with the bolt cutters. Does he murder him? That's the question. I'll say this, we didn't talk about it too. The scene in the shoe store where Michael Stuhlberg, because at first I was like, what the fuck is he doing? And then you're like, oh, he saw those tracks outside of where the the mail, where the shooting went down because he got all the information. He figured out who has size 16 boots. He marked his shoe. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went and he went to match his place, and unfortunately, I'll say it, that's the most Coen Brother-esque oh, death. Yeah. So Match is throwing a knife at a wall. Just for fun. Just a yes. bunch of knives thrown yeah. at the wall. And at one point, they get into a tussle, and he pushes Match back, and his head goes right into one of those knives. Awful. So Milton tracks down Georgie and confronts him about the mail. He viciously murders Georgie with a crowbar. When the police arrive to process the murder scene, they are stunned to find Stan is alive in the back of the van. As Stan recovers, Dwayne realizes that someone has figured out his scheme. He and Cassandra decide to leave Cutbank immediately after the pageant. That's right, because she wants to be Miss Cutbank. Yeah, she's trying to be Miss. Well, she's trying to be Miss Cutbank so she can win the five grand because that's the prize money. And she is the reason Dwayne, I think, is mostly doing this. I'll say this too: like in most Coen Brother movies, the character who's pulling off the scheme is usually pretty scummy and like doesn't really have a lot of redeeming thing. You don't hate Dwayne for this. No, you, you understand like... why he's doing it. Actually, you hate everybody else. Everybody else that he hooked well, up with is kind of up. shitty and scummy, and they're not going with the plan. Like if they would go with his plan, yeah. nobody gets hurt. You just fuck the government out of a hundred grand, mm-hmm. which realistically, the government has a lot of money. Actually, they have all the money because they can make it. Yeah, and also, like, just give Milton his goddamn fucking lunch pail. Just give him his parcel. People uh, do not respond well to, I guess, yeah. Just uh, give him his goddamn package. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. This whole thing would have been over <clears throat> if Georgie. Wouldn't have been a dick to him, made yeah. fun of him having That's a That's why he dies. Georgie yeah. is an asshole and is like, aren't you that Derby Milton guy? You get a it package also... once a year on June 3rd. And he's like, you have the worst thing. I get flats every time I come to your place. Like, he talks a bunch of shit. And It also doesn't help he throws a coffee cup at his face. Yeah, he probably could have got away with the shit talking if he hadn't thrown a fucking coffee mug and broke his nose, honestly. Yeah. So, having figured out Dwayne's role in the scheme... Milton confronts him at the pageants. <laughs> Dwayne races home to retrieve a rifle, but Milton has already unloaded it. Milton holds him at gunpoint and reveals himself to be an old friend of Dwayne's disabled father who has been protecting animals since he was forced to kill a family of bears. But this has involved murdering people as well, particularly poachers. Oh, that was the point. Okay. Oh. We didn't really get the point of the, the thing. I don't think we were paying attention very well. Well, no, it's not that we were paying attention. Michael Stuhlberg also talks in this way where it's really hard to understand him. Also, too, that movie is incredibly poorly miked sound-wise. Like, if an action scene's going on, it's incredibly loud. 
if they're just talking in a very dramatic sense, you can barely hear them. They really have to... I'll say this to movies. Stop doing mumblecore for movies. Yeah, stop. It does not work. No one likes it. Yeah. Clearly and directly speak to us. Yeah. Um, so he's involved murdering people who are poachers. So at the same time, Vogel investigating an earlier incident with Milton discovers that Milton has created himself a model family in his basement based on a painting... But the mother lacks the decorative lunchbox from the painting, explaining Milton's obsessive hunt for it. So again, are those real people? I don't know. So Milton's a taxidermist. Yeah. It makes you question if the model family is real people taxidermy. Like, were those poachers who decided to just... Coming in and like, yeah. He's a weird dude. We'll just say that. You never well, really get the, the information That's why, he, yeah, you're, it's, that's the thing about a movie like Cut Bank. It's yeah. a movie set in a town where like 90% of the town is gossip. Oh, yeah. Like, you yeah. know, because everyone knows everyone's business. 3,000 people. Dwayne says it at the beginning. He goes, everybody knows everybody. Here. He's like, I've talked to everybody and if I haven't, I've seen them at yeah. least once or twice. So yeah. when Cassandra arrives, arrives after winning the pageant, Milton takes her hostage too. And ties her up with her sash. Remember? That was... So, he... We forgot to mention this. The scene where Derby comes in and, like, Liam, oh. Liam Hemsworth has the, the shotgun on him. And he goes, I emptied it. Yeah. Like, he goes, I took those shells He's out. like, your dad used to use this shotgun every single day with him. Yeah, and he just holds out his hand and you're just like, God damn, Derby Milton. You're ahead of everybody. Man. Oh, and then, too, we should say, he actually shows about the pageant first. And the... Best fucking scene of this movie is when Dwayne is like running down the hallway because the pageant's out of school. It's at high school. It's out of high school. Yeah, because you know, in a town of three thousand, yeah, they don't have anywhere to hold it. (laughs) And uh, Cassandra is on stage winning, but uh, this bar lady, this lady who works, who's was originally the pageant winner, one of the original, or she was a former Miss Former, yeah. She goes, "What's your issue with Derby? He showed up at the bar last night and like." caused a scene and Dwayne is like what are you talking about and then Derby's just hiding in the shadows and Dwayne's like oh shit and starts booking it down the hall and then Dwayne Derby's outside the door and the doors are locked and he's just banging on the door but like the way he looks is so fucking funny if you guys have ever seen a scene where someone in a horror movie is running and then they run to a door that has like a glass window and then the killer is on the other side that's it that cut but it's just, it's just like five foot six Michael Stuhlberg with his weird ass glasses. But he just starts banging against the glass with one hand, and you're just like, that too. Liam's Liam Hemsworth is so tall, and, and oh, he could kick the shit out of him. He could just probably. push him down, and he would be fine. Like, but there's there's this weird, almost Anton Sugar from No Country for Old yeah. Men kind of energy to yeah. Derby, where it's like. The reason he doesn't have to run after you is because he's like Jason or Michael Myers. He can take you out. He's gonna get you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you put in front of him. You are the goal. So he's yeah. gonna keep walking towards he you. He basically has no fear either of these people. He's like, I'm not... Like, it's a I'm not, cup thrown in his Yeah, he's face like, I'm not scared of you. He's no. like... He's like, I've seen worse. He's, well, he's fucking Charles, Bron- he's like, he's like Charles Bronson in Death Wish, where it's like, no, they took my lunchbox. Yeah. Like, that's not the plot of Death yeah, Wish, yeah, yeah. but like, <laughs> it might as well be the equivalent of you killed my wife and kid. It's like, oh, you took my lunchbox, and I'm gonna get it back. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh god, I lost my partner. Hold on. You're doing good. Model basement. 
Okay. That, you know what? We didn't talk about that. The scene where Vogel goes into his house and, like, is looking around is so creepy. It is creepy. Well, I mean, and again, we talked about not judging this guy because we judged really hard for Barbarian. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> no, that wax, to, that tableau thing, I don't know if those are real people because it seems like they might be. They, it, they did, it, like, zoom in on them, too, like, very close, and yeah. you're almost like... Because it feels like that's the reason the movie ends the way it does. Yeah. And we'll get to that when we get there. So continue on. That's true, huh? Dwayne drives Milton to the storage unit, which is where the mail is held. And he uses the cap of his Copenhagen to scratch 911 into the driver's side door, hoping security officer will notice it. Inside the storage unit, Milton quickly finds his parcel and thanks Dwayne for helping him. When he notices Dwayne's 911 message, however, he places two large envelopes over Dwayne and Cassandra's head, seals them with duct tape, and locks them in the storage unit. At the security <sighs> gate, he is preparing to shoot the guard when Sheriff Vogel calls for Milton to come out of the vehicle. Milton drives towards Vogel instead, shooting as he goes. Vogel shoots and kills Milton, who crashes into a tree, and then Vogel rescues Dwayne and Cassandra. This is kind of the end of it. Derby gets his lunchbox, which you're like, okay, cool. Cool. And it's like, nobody's really been hurt when you look at this, except for Georgie, and let's be honest, Georgie was kind of a prick. He's a bad guy, we and, and I guess, I guess, Match, mm. who also, you could, I think you could almost argue, well, no, he just straight up killed Georgie, so yeah. there's nothing really you can do there. But Match, you could almost argue, was self-defense slash an accident. Yeah. Mm. But... At this point, Derby says, like, okay, I got my thing. We're good to We're go. Good. And then he sees that 911. Yeah, and this is where it's like, and he even says to him, he goes, you guys were fair with me. He goes, I'm going to leave you here and you guys can walk out. Yeah. The best cut of the movie is when they're driving to the storage place to get it, because this is where they've hidden the mail yeah. truck. And it goes from, like, him putting a gun to Ter- Teresa Palmer's head and saying, like, you don't see me, I don't see you. And then it just cuts to her in the back of the car, and she just has her sash, because she won Miss Cutbank, taped around her face, and you're just like, good. That's exactly what I would put on your face, too. so too. funny. So funny. And then he sees 911, and he's like, you lied to me, Dwayne. Yeah, he's like, I, I, I would have let we, you go, man. I thought we were going to be cool to each other. And he just wraps duct tape around this giant-ass envelope, and you're like, they're going to suffocate. Oh, that fucking freaked me out. I do not like suffocate. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. So, having worked out the entire scheme, Vogel and the recovering Stan summon Dwayne to the morgue. Vogel has Dwayne put a bulletproof vest underneath Georgie's corpse as he puts a silencer on his gun. He explains to Dwayne that he shouldn't wait around for a lucky break before he leaves town to find a new life. Vogel and Stan agree to cover up Dwayne's scheme, but in return, he has to forfeit the reward money and never tell Cassandra what they did. The two men promise to look after his father, and Stan provides Dwayne with some money to help him start a new life. Vogel shoots Georgie's corpse twice and then presents the body to Inspector Barrett. Dwayne and Cassandra drive out of town on their way to Los Angeles. It's weird. So, like we said, they shoot Derby Milton dead because he tries to shoot at Vogel. And then Vogel takes Billy Bob Thornton and Liam Hemsworth down to the morgue. And he says, you know, I had this moment last night where I had this wild epiphany. And he goes, I came in here. And he goes, he was shot twice, but when I opened up his shirt, nothing. And he said... There's no way, and like, he, this is where like Malkovich kind of pieces it all together for them. And he says, the fact that you were in that field made no sense. Yeah. He goes, you got that on camera, yeah. like perfectly. How would that be? Mm-hmm. And I think that my favorite line is, he goes, you probably wouldn't get this pass in a big city. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just being like, you're lucky he's. You're lucky you're here. You're lucky you you're this. here. You're lucky you're dating 
that his daughter. Person, yeah, his daughter. And you're, you're lucky all, I look at you like a son. Yeah. You know, and you're lucky your dad was obviously somebody who meant something to these people. Exactly. Like, because and, and I think they kind of also empathize with the fact that do. he says, you haven't really had any support your whole life. Yeah. It's kind of just been you. Mm-hmm. Maybe now you deserve some support. And also, too, I'll say this. Even though Billy Bob Thornton's character is kind of a prick 95% of this movie... He does see that this guy loves his daughter. Yeah, and he's like, go, just he's don't like, tell her like, what you did. Yeah, yeah. He, and that's the big, those are the two big ass. And then they shoot him twice. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, that's the first time I've used my bulletproof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, he's playing with his tail. He's having a good time. Well, that was the movie. That's cut bang. I, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, more so than I did too. So, let's talk about the filmmaker. Yeah, also, I have the what it got on um, the reviews. You want to give us some fun facts on it before we get to the filmmaker? They say the same thing you did. This uh, Hollywood reporter called it a copycat, self-consciously comedic, violent noir in the style of Coen Brothers or Tarantino. It's not nearly as violent as Tarantino. Like, when Tarantino lets blood happen in movies, it's practically spraying out of them. Like. Whereas this is it's like, no, this is a lot more Coen Brothers, where it's also like very down home, yeah. like Midwestern, like kind of like. It looks like the average rating was 4.8 out of 10, which is that's, pretty low. That's it's not low. a bad movie. It's, like, yeah, I'd give it, it at least a six and a half it, to a is, seven. Is it a copycat to a certain extent? Yeah. I mean, but, but what movie isn't a I fucking mean, copycat? What, what did the like, movie teach us last week? Which one? While we're young. Oh, yes. I mean, isn't yes. everything All kind of a derivative of something yeah. else? Yeah. You could argue this is just a ripoff of a simple plan. You could rip off, this is a ripoff of Blood Simple or Fargo. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I don't know much about the writer, although I'll say this. The writer of it, who is Robert Shapina, or, or excuse me, Robert Patino, is the creator of a show called DMZ, which I really think you would like. DMZ. It's a 2022 miniseries, and I'm going to read you the, the, the description. In a near-future Civil War-torn America, fearless medic Alma sets out on a harrowing quest to find her missing son, crossing into a demilitarized zone of Manhattan, New York, where a ruthless battle for control rages between rival gang leaders. Yeah. Stars right. Rosario Dawson. Okay. It's only four episodes, but it's based on like a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I think you would love it. Okay. But let's talk about the filmmaker. Okay. Matt Shackman. What's he done? Well, let me tell you something, my love. Yes. Matt Shackman is not only responsible for several great episodes of television. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Including like several episodes of You're the Worst, Game of Thrones. Oh, wow. One episode of The Boys, one episode of Succession, the wow. pilot episode of a show called The Great, which I know you like. I've seen some of Yeah, you've seen it's some good. of it. I mean, it's not bad. I just, just I haven't gotten into it yet. And most importantly, the two things that he's most famous for, he did every episode of WandaVision. Wow. Yes. But, if we were going to talk about one contribution in my life, personally, that Matt Shackman is responsible for, he has done, out of 165 episodes... 43 episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And, in my opinion, has shot the best episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Which one? The Gang Dances Their Ass Off. (laughs) That is a good one. One of my favorite episodes of television. Wow, he's good with TV. I mean, not that he's bad with movie, but you can tell he knows what he's doing. I think TV's the more profitable place these days. But yeah, no, I I appreciate when you see someone change it up. He's not a bad film. He made made a coat. It was an out. I'll say it. A24. 
hour 30. I know. Like, unless you're, like, someone who's, like, a big filmmaker. Yeah. I think A24, if you're, like, kind of a first-timer, yeah. goes, you yeah. got 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, bring it in at about 90 yeah. minutes. Which, I'll be honest, kind of love. So it was mostly shot in If this Canada. had been two hours last night, we would have never gotten through this. Because it was, it was shooting began in Canada. French Canada? <laughs> Edmond, Alberta, Canada? French Canada. Then French Canada. <laughs> the best Canada in the land. Which is interesting because that little cut bank thing is in Montana. I mean, Montana in the yeah. summer and winter probably looks about the same as Canada. Honestly. You know, most movies are shot in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. It's me. weird that, like, yeah, there's... We can't shoot here, right? Like, no, it's no, so it's because Canada looks like other places and it's cheaper. True. That's Yeah, that's why. You can shoot, actually, yeah. in Toronto and kind of make it look like New York. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. But, yeah, it looks like it had some pretty positives, but also... 90% so of Avatar? Yeah. Canada. Wow. No, I don't know So, the budget was $5 million. Okay. What do you think the box office made? I don't think it made it. I'm going to say, like, two. Two what? 2.5. 2 mil? Yeah. <laughs> 288,591. Oh, come on, man. This movie's better than that. Fuck you, people. Yeah. They what made the... nothing. Guys, this is on Showtime, so if you have Showtime you or. You should who... watch it. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Good. I liked it. Wow. Oh, he also is the artistic director of the Jeffin Playhouse. Who's he? The director. Matt Jackman. It says he is a not-for-profit theater company founded by Gilbert Cates in 1995. It produces plays in two theaters in Jeffin Playhouse, which is owned by the University of California. He's the artistic director of it. The thing is, too, this feels like a play. Yeah. Like, you could have done this like Mm -hmm. a play if you were able to, like, make people believe Mm -hmm. the sets were different. Yeah. When they had to move around. Favorite scene? Oh, I, the one where he's at the school just trying to bang on the door. He just looks like a child trying to break in. It's hilarious to me. <laughs> the most capable child I ever. I I will say it. It's any time Bruce Dern's old ass is just being crotchety yeah, towards people. <laughs> What'd you get out of the big Indian? Yeah. Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, you're just like, you're such a dick, Bruce Dern. Someone's going to beat you to death with a tire iron yeah, or something. Yeah. Turned out to be a crowbar, but. And then he's like, you just had been nicer to me and talked to me like a civil human, maybe I would have given you the mail. But and you wanted your p- p- parcel, part- which oh. at that point you were like, no, Bruce Dern, no, you don't make fun of someone's speech impediment. Yeah, he made fun of him. He stutters and he made fun of him. Yeah, Derby, Derby, they do sympathize up a little bit. I was pissed. Well, we're on to gradings, ratings, and settling the score. What do you give <laughs> Cutbank? I'm giving it a B24. That's exactly where I yeah, am, too. I'm yeah, like, it, it is good. Yeah, it is by no means. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot to write a review for that movie last night. Well, there you go. Wow. I gotta do that this who morning. Who are you? Uh, obviously, the guy who forgot to write a review for <laughs> Cut Bang. But yeah, no, B24, I think this is good. I don't think it's at the level of what we watched last week yeah. with, with A24. Oh, the glasses all of a sudden make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Now that does make a lot more sense. Yeah. That's a good poster. I know, I like yeah, the poster Yeah, especially a lot. if you understand what's going mm-hmm. on. I think it leads us to ask the question, now that we've gotten all that taken care of, what are we doing on the next A24? What is next? Oh, Ex Machina. Over the next few days, you're going to be the human component in a Turing test. One day the AIs are going to look back on us the same way we look at fossils. Hello. 
You're impressed. <laughs> yes. Do you want to be my friend? Of course. Now the question is, how does she feel about you? Do you think about me when we are together? Did you give her sexuality as a diversion tactic? This is your insecurity talking. This is not your intellect. Fine. Did you know that I was brought here to test you? <laughs> Does Ava actually like you? Or is she pretending to like you? Nathan, isn't your friend You're wrong? Wrong about what? Everything. Do you want to be with me? Can we talk about the lies you've been spinning me? What lies? What lies? You have to help me. You have to help me. What will happen to me if I fail your test? Ex Machina. Everyone's been telling me to watch this movie, and now it's time. This is the first movie from the director of Men. Oh, God. Yes. Well, so, get, get ready. And this is going to be a movie that after you watch this, you go... So explain to me why the woman from Son of a Gun wasn't better in Son of a Gun, because she's amazing in this. <laughs> yeah, this is the breakout role for Alicia Vikander, which does not win her an Oscar for this movie yeah. in 2014. But there's another movie she wins for, but everyone pretty much said it's it's for Ex Machina. Wow. Like, yeah, we all, we all. I mean, like, because the other movies, I mean, this yeah. is a very weird movie. This movie also stars Dommel Gleason. Uh-huh. who is one of the Weasley brothers. He's the one who works with dragons Oh wow! in the Harry Potter Bill. movies. Yeah, Bill. And it also stars Oscar Isaacs. Oh, my God. Oh, just wait. I'm this is a better performance this is of the, Oscar Isaacs. Oh, first of all, he's amazing in that movie. Here's, here's the thing about this. Oscar Isaacs may be up for a Best Actor and a Best Supporting Actor for a 24Z this year. Oh. That's how good... Oscar Isaacs is in both of those movies. In one of those movies. No, no. He's amazing in Most Violent Year, and I won't hear you speak poorly about him. And neither will Vacation Jason. Oh my, I cannot believe you are your own background. It blows my mind. Yeah. You're so weird. It'll change. <laughs> That's the thing, is like, this performance he gives is, like, I'll tell you this too. I, last night, before I looked and saw we had to do Ex Machina, I was like, okay, cool, Michael Stuhlberg has the Never Open Weight Performance mm-hmm. Award all sewn yeah. up as of right now. But all of a sudden I was thinking, I was like, Oscar Isaacs is in Ex Machina. And there's a scene in that movie where if you don't fall out of bed laughing, like, because he does something <laughs> yeah. so funny, yeah. you are not, I'm not thinking that you. I know you as well as I do. <laughs> well, you want to tell them where they can find us? Yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram at bnb underscore presents underscore. You can find me at my website at www.bdhimagery.com uh, I am not on anything else. Yeah, you are. What? Letterboxd. I am on Letterboxd. It's b.lovesfilm Yes. Is my name. I'm still getting the hang of Letterboxd, but definitely uh, go on there if you want to add us. So. Yeah. She wrote a great review for an A24 movie this week. What? Which one? Oh, come on. Triangle of Sadness? No. Oh. It's not A24. I didn't know if it was A24. No, that's not A24. What was my review? I'll read you the review. For a movie that came out this year, entitled Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, and the review goes <laughs> like this. In fact, you know what? I think you should write a little review a little review for a movie every week. Oh, God. <laughs> A little bit of advice. Don't watch this if your grandmother just passed away a few months before or you'll leave the theater having a breakdown. Yeah. Four yeah. stars. 
Four stars. <laughs> Which is not wrong. Marcel the Shell is an amazing movie. Yeah. I actually may knock that out this morning. It's cute. Just, it's soul crushing for you. I can't watch it no. again. Um, oh, you'll have to, because it's an A24 movie. I will say, though, I got one like on my Triangle of Sadness uh, review, and uh, so, you know, I'm pretty much famous on Letterbox yeah. now, because it's a stranger, not my boyfriend who liked it. Yeah. Okay, guys. I'm, I'm going to now come in and say you can find me on Letterbox <laughs> with zero likes from people at Empty Critic 87. I'm not famous. Yeah. Well, and at Movie Loving Lucha 87 on Instagram. If you guys haven't heard where my Twitter is, I don't really care. I've got 25 more tweets, and then I'm at 15, th- or I'm at uh, 1,500 tweets, and I'm gonna Jeez. I'm gonna shut it down there. Are you? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm gonna move to Letterbox fully and just try to do it there. Who is he? He's who the guy he? who uh, is gonna try to knock out 25 movies before the end of the year, so we can do it right on the first of January. Oh wow. Well, exactly. you can watch Marcel the Shell by yourself because I can't. Oh, I'm not it. watching that with you. Trust me. There's like there's like four. Luckily, or five... at least the breakdown will be in my own home this time. It won't be in the movie theater next to a bunch of people. Probably thinking I'm a psychopath. I don't so. think I don't think they thought emotion was psychopathic. Actually, if anything, that proves you're more of a human. It's, no, it proves I'm crazy. It does not. So it was good. Ugh. We're also over the halfway point. Like, yeah. this is, yeah, While We're Young was episode six, so this is episode seven, so we're on the second half of this cycle. How many in each cycle? Twelve. Okay. The, because never, we never want to give a movie the 13th that's spot right. in a season, because yeah, that's unfair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just unnaturally lucky. We don't believe in that 13. I do love that our last movie has the word end in it for, for this cycle. That's cool. Yeah. So, for next week, guys, when we talk about the insanely popular, in Ben's opinion, Ex Machina, and you will hear her give her thoughts on why robots should never have any equality to us. Yes. I've, of course, been one of your hosts, Ben. And I've been Brianna. And, of course, as we close out every A24, I have to ask her, what is the best non-A24 thing you saw this week? The men singers. Weird, that's mine too. Oh my gosh. I had such a fun time. I know, me too. I know, too. it was a good time. I <laughs> did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did, but once I was done with it, I was like, you know, I can't deny. I understand why you like them, and they actually perform very well. It was a good, like, release of emotion. It was a good scream at the top of my lungs. Yeah, you were having All a good time. All my frustration for the world. Yes, a true emo kid. You got to you got to check off a big one on your list. Mm, yeah, it was good. They they sound so good live too, which is nice because you know some bands just don't sound good live. So Nickelback. Have you even seen Nickelback live? Yeah, I've seen Nickelback live. Really? Yeah. I would see Nickelback live. It was fun. I, I will say this. I don't is care my, what I will people say. This. say. Everyone's yeah. a hater, but you're all a liar. You yeah. all know all their yeah. songs. Nickelback didn't go to number one and make that much money without somebody supporting Someone them. Someone likes yeah. them. And Somebody's it wasn't Canada. Yeah, yeah, Canada's not that nice. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, guys, for B&B Presents A24-7, keep it here 24-7 for all things A24. And we'll see you guys next week. Ciao. Bye.